Let us pray. Silence in us, O God, any voice but yours. Allow us to hear your voice and to respond to it with our lives and to know your message of faith, hope, and love. And in this hour, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. One of the ways God loves us and helps us is by being honest about hard times and also offering hope in those times. In today's scripture lesson from Isaiah 51, I sense God doing that, showing love and care for us through some advice for hard days and a promise for the future. First, let me tell you a story. I remember once being at a lengthy board meeting with a group of pastors. It was the last morning of three days of meetings, and there was a heaviness in the room that morning. You could tell people were ready to wind things up and go home. That morning, though, a colleague who was in charge of the opening devotion took out his Bible and read from the opening lines to Paul's second letter to Timothy in the New Testament. In that chapter, the Apostle Paul is greeting his friends in a letter, and he writes this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. My friend Tom then looked around at us as he was leading that devotion, and he reminded us that we have all had our own mentors in faith and in life. Our own Loises and Eunices, grandmothers and mothers, teachers and neighbors, parents of our friends, adults that we met in church when we were children. These people have gone before us and have shaped us and have shaped our faith. On the morning of that board meeting, Tom asked us to go around the table and share a story about a mentor in our life of faith. It was amazing. The very presence of God's Spirit was rediscovered in that sleepy room as we took turns talking about people who had made a difference in our lives and giving thanks for them. There are a lot of places in life today that feel a little like that sleepy boardroom. We're getting frustrated with dragging, the dragging on of these COVID days we're wondering how we can get some fresh, new life breathed into the stale-feeling existence that we've got. We're living in a sort of exile from our former lives and in activities and enjoyments. Exile. Being forcibly removed from your homeland and sent someplace else you did not want to go. It happened to the people of Israel in the 6th century BC when Jerusalem was sacked by the Babylonians and the people were sent away. That's where Isaiah was in chapter 51. In the midst of that exile, Isaiah tells the people to remember their mentors, their ancestors, 
the people who went before them in the faith, and to consider what we've learned from them. Remember Abraham and Sarah, Isaiah says. This is where you, where you will find strength for these challenging days. Abraham and Sarah are remembered for the eventual outcome of their faithful living, that they became the mother and father of Israel. But even more so, they are known for their long journey that took them there. It involved doubts about whether their decision to follow was the right one, and a long and frustrating journey with infertility, and when they finally did have a child, the unbelievable story about the demand that Abraham would sacrifice that child. This was not an easy story. In that morning meeting I was telling you about, many of the stories we told about our mentors were the same. The best mentor stories are seldom about guides we perceive to be flawless or perfect, but about people in our lives who have been real with us, people who struggled, who have helped us to be stronger by being honest about their own scars and their own mistakes. Our best mentors are less interested in comfort and more interested in honesty. This seems to me like the first lesson from Isaiah for living in hard times. Remember your mentors and tell their stories. Perhaps you'd like to do that now. You know, this is one of the advantages of online worship. Go ahead and hit the pause button and tell someone a story about a mentor who has been important to you and why. If you live alone or you're on your own at the moment, maybe you could call someone or maybe you'll do this a little bit later, but try it. Give yourself this opportunity for gratitude like we experienced in that meeting I was telling you about and be reminded of someone that you know that you may have uh, may, that may be reminded of someone you know that may have grown in their own life through a period of struggle. The second piece of guidance that appears in this passage is an invitation to be a person who pursues righteousness. Listen to me, the passage begins. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Righteousness is a word in the Bible that is often misunderstood. We often jump from the idea of righteousness alone to the different idea of self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is being overly sure of yourself and prideful in your dealings with others. It's a really unattractive quality. Righteousness is much different. Righteousness is letting some of your own preferences and preoccupations fall away so that you can align your life with the life of God. Like the passage says, people who seek righteousness are people who seek the Lord. One comment I read this week when I was learning about this passage reminded me of the Hebrew word for righteousness in this passage, tzedek. The, uh, the scholar noted that the word begins with that harsh sound formed by the consonants that sound like T and S together. Tss. 
ascetic. He also noted that in the verses that follow, Isaiah uses more of those same harsh tones as he talks about the rock from which you were hewn and the quarry from which you were dug. It's as if righteousness is something that's discovered in our lives when we allow God to chip away at our self-righteousness. Then we can find the purer, more humble, and more joyful motives that dwell in the depths of our souls. I wonder how, in these challenging days, God might be chipping away at the rough edges of our lives that need to be hewn away. Our own self-righteousness, our frivolousness and materialism, our misplaced priorities, our lostness. Perhaps this is another moment when you might stop the video and think or write or talk about that a little. How might God be chipping away at the rough edges of your life in these days in order for you to discover the righteousness in your soul? I keep inviting you to talk with one another about things today because I sense that in these days, one of the things that will keep us going is to connect with each other. Because connection isn't as easy as we're used to, it may be that we're inclined toward giving up a little, staying in a bubble by ourselves because we don't want to Zoom or mask in distance or talk on the phone. But connection is where we find must much of our sustenance when it comes to faith. So we've got to keep up our connections in these days. This week I was reminded of the spiritual giant Dorothy Day, who lived in the 20th century. She lived a fascinating life of searching and failure, service and struggle, and ultimately discovered that putting God at the center of her life gave her peace and purpose in the midst of all of her restlessness. It was not an easy journey. In fact, she titled her memoir about her life, The Long Loneliness. One of the discoveries Day made in her life was that she found her way to God, not through the Bible or through belief in doctrine, but through community and friendship with other people. If you're looking for the next thing to read these days, you might give her memoir a try, or there are great uh, shorter accounts of her life than have been written, one by Paul Ali and another one by David Brooks come to mind for me. Don't forget to nurture your friendships in faith during these days. Who haven't you talked to lately? Who do you think might be feeling lonely? Who could you talk with about some of your own struggles these days? Feel free to pause the sermon yet again and connect with someone. These times we're living in, Isaiah calls these times, times like these, he calls them exile. The Bible also names these kinds of times as wilderness or desert times. But Isaiah also talks about the fact that the desert is a place that comes into bloom in its own time. You may remember these words from Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice. 
In their time of exile, the prophets of Israel mourned what they had lost, yes, but they also dreamed of a day when they would go home again. In today's scripture lesson, Isaiah writes, For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of song. Eden. That's the way Isaiah describes the return to Jerusalem, the journey back to where we want to be, the getting out of exile. It's so good, it can be described in no clearer way than to say it is the Garden of Eden. What a vision. Doesn't this sound like what we all want? No COVID-19, no racism, no political divisiveness, just a good and full life. Plenty to go around for everyone. Justice and fairness. A good chance for a better life for anyone who wishes to have it. These are the promises of Eden, and it's what the prophet Isaiah was yearning for. Of course, the, the dream, the vision is no good if we experience it as a naive falsehood, a denial of the realities of the world and the struggles that we face. But again, God is not promising us a falsehood in this vision. God is honest with us. And we know that because all the verses that surround this hopeful vision acknowledge the realities of what it means to live in exile. But the vision is important. If we are to live through times of exile, we must maintain a vision that things can get better. And we must do things day by day to make that happen and to remind us of the goodness of the life we have right now. So today, know that I am praying for you, and please pray for me. Connect with a friend and tell them about a mentor or a guide in your life for whom you are thankful. Enjoy that conversation. Consider the ways God might be at work cultivating the righteousness that dwells inside of you. Celebrate your friendships. Seek to strengthen them and even to form new ones in these days. And pray for the vision that together we will make it through this exile. That the desert will bloom again. That Eden might even be found out of wilderness. And that God's love for us exists in all times. Even this one. And it lasts forever. Amen.